G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. And we are in chapter 6 of John's Gospel. Chapter 6 is about the bread of life. It's a discourse where Jesus doesn't just speak about heavenly bread. He equates himself, his mission, his personhood as being the living bread. When you take of this bread, you will live forever. In our previous lesson, we learned about flesh and blood, a hard teaching, which is what is the title of this lesson, was enunciated in the last one. He talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and when you do these things, you have eternal life. Of course, he's not speaking literally. He's speaking metaphorically, and it is pretty much something we do by faith, coming to God and realizing unless his body was broken and unless his blood was shed, there is no life for us was no sacrifice for sin. He did this both voluntarily of his own free will and vicariously in our place. In today's lesson, it's called a hard teaching based on John 6, verse 60 to 71. And Jesus is confronted with this. They basically tell him, those that were in Capernaum at the synagogue, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And he says in verse 65, I say to you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. In what could be one of the most poignant incidents in the whole of the Gospels, Jesus does his teaching because they chased after him after the multiplication of loaves and fishes. So he tells them some home truth. You, you're looking for the loaves and fishes to be given on a perpetual basis. Let's get serious here. Let's talk about real bread and real drink. And when he does that, people get offended. In fact, what we'll see in this particular lesson, that many of those who were his general disciples, not the 12, but the general, they went back and walked no more with him. For some reason, They were happy when he was giving the nice, as it were, teachings and parables, and they were even more happy when they experienced the miraculous power of God or saw the miracles at work, the healing of the sick, the casting out of devils, the raising of the dead. But once he goes into the heavy-duty stuff that, yes, this man who you see, your Messiah, first of all, he's going to suffer and die for the sins of the world. He will rise again on the third day. He will ascend to heaven, and he will come back to earth to take his rightful throne. This is not what they wanted to hear. They wanted immediate results, expulsion of the Romans, setting up of the Messianic kingdom, and pretty much living a life of privilege and ease. 
This is, of course, not what they're signing up for when we're talking about a Savior who sheds his blood and breaks his body for sin on the cross. So they call this the hard saying. Jesus will respond. He will continue to speak words of life. He will talk about how everything he speaks is spirit and life, and that it's the Holy Spirit who quickens, meaning it's the Holy Spirit that makes God's words alive. But despite receiving words of life, there will be those who persist in unbelief, and even more diabolical, there will be the traitors. And of course, one of the traitors happened to be one of the twelve. We know his name, Judas Iscariot. So this is the whole point. The only way you can come to Jesus, the only way you can understand Jesus, the only way you can benefit from Jesus is that God the Father makes it possible, that God the Father draws you to the Son. So there will be those that desert, but not all. The ones that know Jesus best will stick with him virtually to the end. It's time to do the reading of our passage from John chapter 6, verses 60 to 71. Our lesson is called A Hard Teaching. The reference again, John chapter 6, verses 60 to 71. This is the Word of God, so let's listen carefully. Many, therefore, of his disciples when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man could come unto me, except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Our reading is from John chapter 6, verses 60 to 71, and our lesson is called A Hard Teaching. Well, this hard teaching, hard saying, whatever it is, remember that the issue at hand was Jesus was speaking about the bread of life. You have to eat this bread. He goes on to speak about his shed blood, you have to partake of this blood. If you do so, you'll have eternal life. It's basically this teaching that they said was a hard teaching or a difficult to understand teaching. Jesus has been speaking about this at the synagogue in Capernaum. As I said, he went on to tell believers they need to eat his flesh and drink his blood. 
in order to be part of the first resurrection on the last day, in order to gain eternal life. These are references to his coming, atoning death on the cross. Now his disciples, a term used in the broad sense of those who follow him, not just exclusively of the twelve, declared that his word was a hard teaching. Who can hear it? What they were really saying is, your words are hard to accept. Your words are not hard to understand. Well, that's their perspective, and of course they will take the action that goes with their skepticism. Jesus responds in John six sixty one. He saw that they were murmuring, something that God detests, and asked them, Does this offend you? Are you stumbling over my words? Is this something that is for you a stepping stone, or is it a stumbling block? Of course, the answer to his question was yes. They were offended. They were stumbling. They were, as it were, coming to a grinding halt as far as following Jesus, and now they had to consider their options. Will they continue with the man from Nazareth, or would they turn away? I think we know the answer to that one as well. So Jesus is just saying to them, does this offend you? You see, that's what happens so often. When God speaks, some will be offended, no matter how loving and how truthful his words may be, but others will receive everything that comes from God because they know God. They walk with him and talk with him and understand that he is holy and just and loving and pure and true and kind. Yes, he can be tough, but basically we liken him rightly so and scripturally sanctioned as a loving heavenly father. And just as an earthly father will do good things and give good gifts to his children, how much more will the heavenly father do these wonderful things? Jesus is basically saying, unless God has drawn you, you're just not going to get it. Now, he goes on to say in John 6.62, If you are sidelined by my words now, what will you do when the Son of Man ascends to heaven? You will be totally blown away. If you're stumbling now, how much more will you fall if you don't open up to the words of life and accept them by faith? Because they are actually wonderful words, and they really do bestow life on those that receive them. And then he makes a very important statement. In John 6.63, it doesn't just explain this immediate topic. It explains all topics. It explains how some will be offended and fall away, and how some will accept and just go from grace to grace, strength to strength, faith to faith, and glory to glory. Let me read verse 63 again. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So this verse goes to a great extent to explain the disconnect between the words of Jesus and the response or understanding of his disciples, meaning the group of people following Jesus, not just the chosen 12. Because what Jesus says and it still holds true today. It is the Holy Spirit who quickens or makes alive the words and actions of God. Let's never forget, 
It is the Holy Spirit who inspired the writing of Scripture to begin with. It is the Holy Spirit that watches over the Scripture that is performed. When the Holy Spirit speaks to believers, he does so in harmony with the very Scriptures that he himself had inspired or quickened. So the Holy Spirit is the one that can take the difficult passages and make them clear enough to believe, to receive, and to obey. When Jesus says the Spirit makes alive, he also contrasts it with the flesh. Now, for those that aren't familiar with biblical terminology, they might simply and understandably equate the word flesh with skin. But the flesh is not skin. The flesh represents our carnal, unredeemed, organic, but twisted nature, because our carnal nature cannot produce anything worthy of eternal life or even eternal meaning. The words of Jesus are spirit and life, but the flesh or the carnal nature doesn't know either the work of the spirit or the life of God. That's why it stumbles, gets offended, murmurs, and then falls away. Even when they are unusual, God's words, they still bring a quickening from the Holy Spirit. All of that, of course, is wonderful news for those who believe. Then in John six sixty four, we learn about unbelievers and traitors. Because despite words of spirit and life, Jesus declares that some of those who hear him still do not believe. He knew from the beginning those who would not believe, as well as the one who would betray him. Yet Jesus still has grace to call the traitorous Judas Iscariot friend. Now, he doesn't do so here, but he does so elsewhere in the Gospels. Imagine somebody who sells you out for 30 pieces of silver, and you still call him friend. This is part of what the Lord himself means when God is kind to the just and to the unjust and to the grateful and the ungrateful, of which Judas Iscariot was part. Then we get verse 65 of John 6, made possible by God. Jesus reiterates, no one can come to him except the Heavenly Father makes it possible. It is called drawing by God, or drawing unto him. So, in other words, our coming to God and our receiving of God's gospel is both a response to divine initiative. It's God reaching out to us and drawing us to himself, but also it's our cooperation with God because God's not going to force us to receive him. He will invite us to receive him. He will invite us to open up our hearts and let the king of glory come in. But ultimately, it's up to us whether we say yes or no, and we will also have to bear the consequences of saying yes or no to God. Then, verse 66 of John 6, rather interesting, it's 6, colon, 66, or triple 6. In one of the most poignant verses in the gospel, it says many of Jesus's general disciples went back and did not follow him anymore. Perhaps they were not drawn by the Father in the beginning, and their earlier motives of following Jesus were for material gain or earthly acclaim or just to be where the action is. Possibly others of this crowd returned to Jesus later on. 
Nevertheless, it could have been and should have been painful for the Savior as son of man to see apostasy before his very eyes. Apostasy simply means falling away. And remember that the last days will have great apostasy. People will fall away from the faith. And yet, simultaneously, the last days will have the greatest, longest, strongest revivals we've ever seen. Always remember, last days is not all doom and gloom. It's a time of contrast. The light will get brighter as the dark gets darker. Spurgeon, the famous preacher from London, said churches have summers like our gardens, and then all things are full. But then come their winters, and alas, what emptyings are seen. Now, Jesus addressed the twelve in John six sixty seven. Perhaps with some pathos in his voice, Jesus turned to the remaining twelve disciples and asked the question, Will you also go away? Some say Jesus expected a no answer, thus framing the question, You don't plan to go away, do you? The twelve had been with Jesus, Jesus long enough and at close quarters to be convinced that he was the real deal, the Messiah. And Peter, often being the spokesman, said these words in John six sixty eight, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. He ha- Basically, Peter is giving the right answer. He sees him as Lord, namely Master, that he has eternal life. Thus, Peter puts a healthy accent mark on the spiritual side. And then he makes this confession in verse 69. We believe and are sure. They had been with Jesus long enough and seen so many wonderful things that they have assurance of his true identity. You are the Messiah, and you are the Son of the living God. In verse 70, Jesus reiterates that he personally chose the twelve to follow him. Then he goes on to declare that the one of the twelve is a devil, an adversary like Satan himself. And in verse 71, it is explained who that person is as if an explanation was needed. John highlights that Jesus was referring to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, as the coming traitor. He was one of the twelve. Jesus knew all this in advance. So our lesson is called A Hard Teaching. And our lesson for life is this. Accepting the words of Jesus, be they soft or hard, is a matter of life and death. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.